what is up, everybody? Thank you uh, for tuning into the Fathom Beyond Sunday podcast. We're really excited about this new podcast. It's really designed to, to just be very casual, just a couple of leaders at Fathom talking faith, talking life, talking about how we can grow in our faith, where it's really going on between Monday through Saturday, not just on Sunday. So uh, tune in, listen to the conversation, open your heart, and pray that, that this really helps. Welcome, welcome. This is Fathom Beyond Sunday, where we engage in conversation that takes our walk with God beyond Sunday. Today, you have Pastor Kyle Nelson. As always, present. <laughs> yes, and myself, Jackie Cobble, here to just hang out with you and to take you a little bit deeper theologically today. <laughs> yeah, it's it's always, you know, theology, it's, it's heart and head. Yes. You know, and I think when we start talking theology, we can get real heady. Mm, yes. Um, but that's not the goal. Right. <laughs> that's not the goal. It's, you know, I think at the end of the day, good theology always takes us to um, our heart and to into the heart of God and into um, the application for our life. So I hope we can take take us there today, not just Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> up top, up in the head. So. Yes. Yeah. We, I, I, I talked about theology often cause I, I am a thinker. Like I like mm-hmm. the, I like the mental gymnastics. It, yeah. It's fun for me, mm-hmm. but I recognize that it's not fun for everybody. <laughs> and sometimes it just stirs up more confusion. Yeah. And so sometimes I, I have to like take a step back and say, okay, theology is not the end game. It is actually the thing that's supposed to catalyst, be a catalyst to God, you yeah. know, it's something that should draw Helping us closer to him. Yeah. So if we get to this place where it's so chaotic and almost in the weeds that you're like, there's no point in that. I've, <laughs> I've found myself as like a young teenager as very much a pseudo philosopher, like just a <laughs> wannabe philosopher. I had like a, a ninth grade philosophy class, which who takes philosophy in ninth <laughs> grade? But I had like an AP like philosophy class in ninth grade. It, made you, grade. it made you feel smart. Yeah, I did. And from that time on, I was listening to like, you know, acoustic singer songwriters and writing really weird songs. <laughs> I, just, I can only imagine with the long hair. Oh, oh. gosh. Yeah, it was like uh, Hegel like that. Um, uh, Hegel. He's a philosopher, like really yeah. depressing philosopher overall. And I wrote some stuff off of him. <laughs> That's fantastic. Bad. Lovely. Yeah, you're not missing anything. They're They're buried somewhere. <laughs> that's fun yeah i would i would be interested to read those musings now to yeah, see where not me. where no. things have gone from no, there yeah they've come a long way let's say that much yeah no oh gosh the adolescent musings oh that's... boy yeah but I, I i think early on i was there but i i think over the years I, I think there's a place for us to um because I think, like you said, some people are drawn more to the heady side of things and thinking and not to even application. I'm not saying that about you, but I think some would, would admit that. And then um, others, I think, need to be challenged. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Uh, we, we don't want to think. We just, yep. you know, just give, you, give me the answers. Yes. And <laughs> we need to be challenged to really understand our faith as best as we can, right? We can't yes. understand everything about no. God, right? When we... <laughs> do that then we're god yep. <laughs> so um we can't but um so hopefully this is a little bit of both for for everybody right. Get, we'll, we'll take what we need from it well and we'll take we'll take not not this past sunday but the sunday before that and and say you know the messy middle that's mm-hmm. kind of that's where we stick when we talk about understanding truth and understanding the word of god like it's it's not a it, it's not 
a black and white, you're going to have all the answers right now. Yeah, it's I mean, just, it's the not. First Corinthians 13 passage, that's kind of like the backdrop for this whole series, which I'm coming back to to close our series this weekend. Um, we know in part, yes. we prophesy in part, yes. and one day we'll know fully, even as we're fully known. Like, Yep, um, exactly. Yeah, we don't know fully right now. <laughs> exactly, and we have to be okay. So as we start this podcast, I want everyone to get to a place where they're okay with not having all the answers. Yeah. Like, just sit with me in that and mm-hmm. know that God is still good in our unknowns mm-hmm. as much as he is good in our knowns. Yeah. You know, Amen. so... So as we start today, we've we've really built it up. <laughs> right. Where are we going? So, where are we going with this? So we're going to discuss um, some of these normal phrases that we hear in church, or if you've grown up in church, you've heard it a lot. Um, phrases I hate. <laughs> yes. Just go ahead and put it they're, out there. I'm they, not big on these like catchy little phrases that we rep. They're a little bit of a sandpaper rub when you get really into relationship with God. They do kind of start to rub on you and they... You know, you're like, well, is is that true? And so we want to... They do, yeah. So they're really important for us to unpack. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, I think why I don't like them overall, just a preface. <laughs> this is like a one giant preface before we even get into them, is because there's there, there's so much complexity to what we're going to talk about, which is salvation today. Let's talk about yes. salvation. And there's so much complexity to it and simplicity to it that <laughs> it's just not easily you know grasp in just these tiny little catchy sayings so i'll I'll leave the prefaces aside and we can dive in yes i checked the time so we don't go too long probably a good idea because i have a feeling this conversation could go on a while yeah and it's beautiful i i really want to go home and do some work outside today before it gets dark fair enough yeah so today the first um kind of concept we want to discuss or kind of mull through is once saved always saved that's a key phrase that, I mean, I grew up hearing. I must say, you've heard that a few times in your life. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> that, was a, that was a banner for us in the Baptist church, which, you know, like, it, I'd, again, not necessarily a bad thing, just something that theologically we need to dig a little deeper to yeah. really understand why people say that mm-hmm. and what it really means. So what does once saved, always saved mean? Yeah, and I think depending on who you ask, it may mean just some slightly different things. And Absolutely. I've, I've been asked this many a times. People <laughs> are like, do you believe in this? This yeah. phrase that's mm-hmm. not found in the Bible. Do you believe in this phrase? Right. And I'm like, all right, well, let's talk about what we actually believe. And so even before we get into that, I, I just want to talk about salvation. <laughs> yes, let's do it. Uh, and this is usually how I juke out of phrases that <laughs> I don't really like in general. Um, um, it's, it's just talk about salvation, what salvation is, and help us understand that. And so um, people always want the yes or no. Yeah. Thing. We're not good at answering things for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like, what, 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 sal- what is salvation? Um, cause eventually I'm, I'm going to answer the question, right? but I want to get us there. Um, like what is salvation? Well, salvation, um, is the free gift of God, yep. um, that's received through faith, right? And there's many, many scriptures that we can begin to footnote under yes. this. Um, Ephesians two, eight, nine, it's one of my favorites, you know, for by grace, you've been saved through mm-hmm. faith and this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one can boast. That's that's one of them, right? Yep. Um, 
I think Romans 3 is an equally, and I'd like to actually unpack this one in, in a little more detail, since all, like Romans 3.23 says, since all have fallen short of the glory of God, mm-hmm. we've sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we're in need of salvation. Everybody on the face of the planet, we've fallen short of the glory of God. Um, they're now justified by his grace as a gift. It's kind of saying the same thing here. But he uses this word justified, which is really important for us to understand because mm-hmm. we're going to talk about a doctrine of justification here in just a second. Like we're justified. We've, been, we've sinned. We've fallen short. But through faith, we've, we've received this grace gift, this, this thing called grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. So we're justified. We're made clean. We're made righteous. We're, mm-hmm. we're seen as innocent when really we're guilty really we've sinned we've fallen short um we've received that gift through the redemption that's jesus christ the verse 25 says whom god put forth as a sacrifice of atonement by his blood effective through faith mm-hmm. so the work of what jesus did on the cross becomes effective as covering over and washing away of our sins through faith that I believe that he actually did that for me. Yes. Not crazy. We we haven't crossed any bridges that are too crazy here yet. And it's pretty awesome. He did this to show his righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he'd passed over the sins previously committed. We'll, We'll leave that there. But this idea of justification is super important. Like before we go into doctrine of justification, like we can look later in Romans, Romans 12, three, uh, and I love Romans 12. Okay, let's pause for a second. Yeah, go ahead. Do I need to Define doctrine. Yeah. So theology is the study of God. Doctrine is a statement um, underneath kind of theology. It's like within the study of God. It's a, sp- it's a specific statement or a specific um, idea that kind of gets wrapped into something. So... Um, right here, D- Doctrine of Justification, Romans three twenty three is a pretty big one. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And there, there'll be some other scriptures. And so I'll actually introduce some other doc. So there's a doctrine and there's doctrines with an S. <laughs> yep. So um, our doctrine in general is all the things that we believe all of these from scripture. Yeah. Doctrinal statements. Yeah. Um, and then doctrines would be mm-hmm. all, all the different ones. So anyway. Yep. Um yeah, so Romans twelve three says, For the uh, grace given to me, say to every one of you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith God has assigned. That's this, God's given us this measure of faith. So we, through faith, which God gave us, yep. a measure of faith, and he's given this to everyone, each according to the measure that he's we apply that and we believe in Jesus Christ and what he did did for us. So so we're declared righteous. That's that's justification. You know, it's it's really we're freed from the penalty of sin, justified, you know, by faith alone. I mean, Paul's really drawing upon like um the Abrahamic statements. Yeah, you know, here absolutely. around Abraham and referred Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. So there's this big fancy word called imputed it's not big fancy but it's yeah imputed righteousness that means we receive the righteousness of christ mm-hmm. his perfection we receive that in that in that moment of belief and so we're going to talk about this a little bit more 
Like, is it a moment? Is it a process? Um, and this is all important as we're building the foundation of our understanding of mm-hmm. salvation and our own salvation and how we view the salvation of others. Yeah. In the church, outside of the church, our own family, you know? Yeah, absolutely. All this stuff really can get really messy. And so it's important that we do have a good understanding. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so, so we're talking, you know, justification here. And it's just, we, again, we've been declared righteous. And so at a moment of faith. So, so when we say, you know, oh, well, salvation's a process. And I would actually say, yes, and it's a moment. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's a moment and a process, in my opinion. It's it's both. It, yeah, it's both and. It's not one or the There's another. the messy middle. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And so um, if someone asks me, are you saved? I'd be like, yep, and I'm still being saved. I'm still yes. in the process. Yes. And we'll talk more about a different doctrine called sanctification here in just a second. Mm-hmm. Um, so justification is, is a, a big one. It's a really... The view in that, it, it is, we're really talking about the moment. Yes. When we talk about justification, we're talking about a moment in time. And, and for some of us, it's easy to pinpoint that. Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of us, it's harder to actually pinpoint that moment in which I crossed a threshold because yeah. we're reasoning and we're thinking and we're, we're trying to come to understand this. I, I was very young when I came to salvation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can't pinpoint a day, yeah. but I also remember constantly being worried about that, like, am I saved? And mm-hmm. so I would, I, I mean, almost every Sunday I yeah. can remember, <clears throat> you know, asking God to come into my heart or mm-hmm. to save me or to insert whatever words I felt I needed to say at the time Yeah, because I wasn't, you know, like you, in your mind, you get into this thought process mm-hmm. of like, am I saved? Is this real? Yeah. Because when you're a kid, you don't see much change. Like mm-hmm. you're not into drugs and you're not doing all these things, you know, you're just kind of, yeah, you're just kind of there. Well, and that's something we're going to get into in a few minutes is kind of the fruit of salvation. Mm-hmm. Yep. And how in some ways it's visible in other ways it's mm-hmm. not. Um, and and uh, it's important that when we look at going back to that original phrase, once saved, always saved, we understand the implications of uh, what that, what that, where that leads us and where that could lead someone if yeah. they take a phrase like that in the wrong way and really begin to, to digest that in the wrong way. So uh, the doctrine of justification, you know, simply says, you know, in heaven, um, in that moment of faith, whenever that takes place, it's not a prayer. It's not a fancy prayer. No. There's not a fancy formula. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a preacher doesn't have to lay hands on you. No. You don't have to check a box as much as I would like for people to check a box. <laughs> <laughs> so I could know and help them take their next steps. That, that's not when it happens. You yeah. can check a thousand boxes in your life. <laughs> and and yeah. if you're, if you, you don't really believe that Jesus is who he said he was and that he died for your sins, then. You know, then you're not saved. Yeah, then you're not saved. Well, and that's something I tell people all the time. I I once had a friend say, "Hey, you know, I would you be willing to do the salvation prayer with this person? Mm-hmm. Um, I I think it needs to be right now, or she's not going to want to do it." And I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, wait!" I was like, here's, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." I was like, "Here's the deal." I was like, 
she is either saved or she's not. Yeah. That moment of salvation comes when you choose, yeah. when you say, God, I love you above all else and mm. I am choosing to follow you. Yeah. That does not come in a prayer that you say with someone that comes in your own intimacy with God. And then a prayer is just a declaration out loud saying that you, this is what you believe and you're saying it in front of other people. <laughs> and Hey, and prayers are awesome. Yes. Hey, I encourage you to pray. <laughs> I encourage you to pray uh, what we call like think of as like a sinner's prayer. Yeah, absolutely. Like it is a prayer of repentance. I think even more than I would say, call it even a prayer of salvation. Like it is a prayer yeah. of declaration. It's a prayer of um, repentance. You know, mm-hmm. it says, Hey, I'm, I'm not good enough on my own, and and I need I need Jesus to save yes. me, um, and and I'm gonna put my whole life and trust and faith in Him, and um, and I don't know where that's gonna take me, but Amen. I know <laughs> um, that that I'm not gonna do this my way anymore. I'm gonna do it God's way, yeah. and um, yeah, and in that moment, I'm as clean as I'll ever be in heaven. Yeah. You know, I'm still Absolutely. in many ways as jacked up as I can be on this earth. As, <laughs> as soon as I get up from that altar. Yep. As soon as I wipe the tears from my eyes, um, you know, I'm saying this metaphorically, but like my marriage is still a mess. My life is yep. still a mess. My finances are Absolutely. still a mess. It's all a mess still. Um, my mind is still scarred with, you know, shame of things I've done. True story. Um, I'm still fighting guilt. Um, I'm still battling the addiction quite possibly, you know, mm-hmm. all these different things. But in heaven, <laughs> I'm as clean as I'll ever, you know, be um, because of what Jesus did. That yes. His righteousness is now imputed on me. Um, and so that births forward. So that's justification. That's the legal, it's the changing of our legal status in heaven. If it, yes. I, hate, I hate the legal legal thing. I really don't but you know, it's, it's like, like it, but it's important. But if we think about it, for us in, to understand it. in the adoption sense, like we want to be legally adopted. We don't want to just be adopted in name only. So th- that's what I was about to say is it's not <laughs> only in our legal status, but it's in also in what I call our relational status. You yes. know, it's, it's not our legal status, but also our relational status. And that is uh, the doctrine of adoption. Well, without the legality, we wouldn't have all of the, we wouldn't have a right to all of the promises of God. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that legality brings it comes through justification. Mm-hmm. And because we have been justified that we have the legal right yeah. to all of the promises of God. Yeah, absolutely. So our legal status changes. So does our relational status. I've moved from guilty to innocent, but I've also moved from, um, from a w- runaway, yep. you know, um, from, um, a stranger to, um, um, a, or an enemy of God, Mm-hmm. even in some cases, mm-hmm. to uh, an adopted son and daughter um, in, in Jesus. And so uh, that one's a little more simple for us to understand. Absolutely. You know, just yeah. adoption because we understand we're adopted in the family of God. Mm-hmm. Now we're, we're his. Um, and so, yeah. And then there's an, an, another you know doctrine that kind of happens in that moment too. And it's um, the doctrine of regeneration, you know, and that's one that doesn't get talked about. But in that moment, of that moment of faith, wherever it happens in our life, like we're regenerated in Christ. Like it's like <laughs> Paul talks about the old is gone and the new has come. Mm-hmm. And then, and it's, it's kind of building upon this idea of justification. Yes. Um, but it's, a, we're a new man. We're a new woman um, in Christ. And so the, from there, the call of our life begins to live in the old, not yes. in 
or to live in the new, not in the old, not to live in the flesh, but to live out of the spirit. Because the spirit's new. Right. The flesh is still actually wasting <laughs> away day by day. Yes. Um, but but our spirits are made new. They're regenerated in yeah. Christ. You know, we're we're born again. Yes. I mean, that's where that phrasing comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, this idea of regeneration. We're born again. Um, and it doesn't happen... Um, you know, it's it's not like a, a a rebirth, as in like, you know, some other complete start over. Yeah, <laughs> religious, you know, um, ideas. But um, anyway, yeah. So there's a, a few doctrines, and then there's a fourth one that we'll move into, <laughs> which is sanctification, right? Yep. And so we're talking about moment, but I also said it's not just a moment. There's also this process. This is journey. And, uh, and we talk about this a lot around here. This yeah. is not new for anybody who's been around here at all. Um, but it's this ongoing work of salvation. Like just just as the grace of God in salvation um, isn't the only grace we receive from God. We receive all kinds of graces from Absolutely. God. Absolutely. Um, grace gifts mm-hmm. from God um, um, and, and, f- and further. Um, but that gift of salvation like it is something that keeps on mm-hmm. giving to us that God is continually has not only saved us, but is continually, you know, working out, saving us, you know. So if it's, um, um, you know, he's working on saving our marriage, you know, and he's he's saving us from our addiction. He's bringing us freedom in that area Mm -hmm. and delivering us um, in different parts of our life um, and redeeming us. So I think there's a a lot of scriptures we can go to here. Um, I I personally like to to look at Philippians 2.12. You know, which encourages us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Okay, what's he saying there? Is he saying salvation is now works? Because Ephesians 2 told us that it's not works so that no man can boast. He's not, it's both Paul here. Right. He's not speaking out of both sides of his mouth. Yep. He's talking to believers. He's talking about people who are saved already. Yep. He's talking to the church at Philippi. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to tell somebody who's not a believer, go work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Right. You don't have salvation, <laughs> but for someone who is, I'm going to say, you, you got to keep working through this. Right. Like there's some things that God's doing in your life that he wants to continue to help you understand this. And you're going to have to wrestle that down with, as Paul's saying, like fear and trembling, like mm-hmm. reverence before God um, and, and fear before God, but also like really digging in and like um, working it out, yes. you know, doing, doing the work in our heart. Um, continuing let the, the miracle and manifestation of salvation have its way in every part of our life. Yep. You know, and that's an, an ongoing beautiful thing. And and I think oftentimes that gets understood to be in this idea of surrender. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes it gets talked about, uh, I wasn't fully surrendered to oh, God. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I mean, I, I think it's kind of both looking at two different like the same thing from two different angles yes you yeah, know like absolutely. We're, uh, continually being saved well i'm giving that to god i'm letting him save me i'm, I'm receiving yeah. that gift of salvation i'm giving him everything um so yeah i mean the previous chapter you know paul said um he that started the good work in you will be faithful to complete it so he sees us already as that finished product exactly but it's that submission and openness and like work like continually i'm locked in i'm abiding in christ i'm abiding mm-hmm. in the spirit and uh, abiding in the love of god and letting him 
just continually save me day by day Um, because I'm called into this new life, this new life with God, this new way of God. It it just, it's, it's not just once a moment, once saved, always saved. Right. Right. And then I just go get to do whatever I want to do. No, no, (laughs) that's not what this is. So now I'm, I'm, I'm finally moving 20 minutes in or whatever I'm in. How far (laughs) am I going? Almost 20 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. All right. A little bit of teaching. You're about two minutes short. (laughs) Okay. Yep. So, um, but hopefully this is helpful for somebody who's yeah. never even maybe heard about regeneration exactly. <laughs> or sanctification. Lots of big words that... Right? You, you probably need to go back and like, just uh, let me write that down again. <laughs> Take a few notes. And I'm not giving you super hardcore definitions here. I'm just talking, um, mm-hmm. reading some scriptures. But um, yeah, so we're called into this new you know, life with God. I'm, I'm called to have a renewed mind, yep. as Romans 12 says, that I can't think like I used to think. Like, and that's going to be a process. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I'm called into the family of God. I've been into very much individualized in my culture. Yes. And now I'm called, I'm adopted. Yes. Spiritually, I'm adopted into the family of God, which now means I have brothers and sisters in Christ and I, I'm not mm-hmm. doing this life alone. So that's just a r- completely reorienting my life from individualism to this community of faith. Yes. That I'm woven into and grafted into, which is beautiful, but also very scary for many of us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so called to renew mind, called it into the family of God, called to represent mm-hmm. Christ in this world, like through holy living, like a lifestyle that reflects the holiness and goodness and love of God. Like, So I want to I take yeah. a second and yep. kind of take a minute to zoom in on one little part of that and that's the there but not yet kind of instance where we're talking about we are God sees us as we are as he as he has has justified us to Mm -hmm. be but we are also messy Mm -hmm. in that our our physical reality speaks a different truth yeah so how do we reconcile that in our minds like how how does one who hasn't had to wrestle with that understanding yet. How do you, how do you manage to help them <laughs> wrestle with the reality that God sees you as you, as he has created you to be, mm. he sees you in your complete fullness as good and holy and perfect, but you're not. I, also. I, th- I think <laughs> at the end of this past week's message, you know, in which I was teaching John 13 and Jesus washing the disciples feet. Yep. Um, and I asked a couple of questions and, and I, I wish I could just kind of circle back and just slow down much, you know, slow down a lot to ask it again, maybe for us right now, how does what Jesus did in this moment, how does that change the way you see the father? Like, how does that change the way you see God? Yeah. And I think that's it. I think that's like, it's clinging to a clear picture of who God is and how he sees us now. Yep. And that is a renewing of the mind that's going to take abiding on the truth, like dwelling on the truth of who we are. And and frankly, we're going to have to be reminded by our brothers and sisters mm-hmm. on a regular basis. We're going to have to be reminded by the preaching of the word. Like, I know I'm like our our regular preacher here, but we all need preaching in our life. Amen. To yes. remind us, like we need the Lord's Supper, like doing that to remind us yep. what God says about us. Like, 
you know, prone to wander, Lord, I feel, I mean, we're just prone to just go into those other things. And it doesn't matter how long you've been saved. Absolutely. You know, um, we're prone to that. So we, we need that. So I don't think it's a fancy formula. I think it is this, this finding ourselves delighting in him mm-hmm. and finding how much he delights in us. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and how much he longs to be with us and how much he loves us. And, um, you know, I, I think un- knowing the word, knowing the truth yes. and being able to speak that because the enemy's a liar and going to continually just try to work mm-hmm. to deceive and confuse and give us doubts. And when the the reality is God has saved us. Absolutely. You know, I'm not saying that for everybody who's listening. I don't know your situation. Right. But um, if... If you know you put your faith in Jesus, then take a deep breath, yo. Yes. <laughs> like, like yep. rest in the finished work of, of Jesus. Um, it's enough. And that's, that's the, that was the piece in that John 13 passage that I don't think we often understand when Peter's like super overzealous, like, well, then do my hand and my head's, my right. hand and head's too. Heads. My hands <laughs> and my head say. too. And I think, and Jesus says, no, no, yeah. no. What I've done is enough. Yeah, absolutely. I've done is enough. You don't have to go to the altar a thousand more times to be saved. You can go to the altar a thousand more times to yeah. whatever you want to. Yeah, and God but, could change things in you. That's yeah, yeah, <laughs> but but if He's such a free, you're free indeed. You know. Yes. So. Well, and that freedom goes to that same. <laughs> freedom goes to that same because we're we're free in our salvation that we are His and we are eternally His. Mm-hmm. But then we are also not completely free in our physical body because there are there are still things that we are working out in our in our faith. Yeah. So let's talk about that yep. because I've left I haven't even got close to all the messy parts of this. Right. No. Right. So <laughs> it's only been skirting the outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty minutes in and we're just getting to this There might be a part two to this podcast. Yeah, it may have to be. Um is, so let's let's go back to that original kind of quote, once saved, always saved. Someone says yes to, and let me just play out some scenarios. Yep. Someone says yes to Jesus, and I'm going to play out some extremes, <laughs> right? Is that okay? Yeah, I think um, it's fine. <laughs> and I'll play out some more common ones too. So a person, you know, prays a prayer when they're eight years old mm-hmm. in the altar, gets baptized, Praise God, mom knows, you know. Yeah. He's saved. She's saved. Um, and then runs from God, <laughs> you know. Are gets you in, telling my story? <laughs> gets in their teenage years and, you know, just continually just runs from God. And mom's still praying over them and knowing one Absolutely. day, you know, God's going to bring them back home. And they do. Praise God. That's one. That's one scenario. That is my story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, an, another another one would be um, the nineteen year old mm-hmm. who has left home, gotten into college, um, kind of grew up in church, but never really made a faith commitment. Just right. kind of went through the motions. Mom and dad were just kind of around. Yeah. Wasn't a huge priority for them. They kind of went Christmas and Easter, then had some friends get involved in a Christian club. Yep. Right, kind yeah. of a familiar story I see around here, and they start, you know, attending church and realize, okay, I need to be saved. Their friends are Christians, and um, you know, say, hey, I want to get baptized too. I, 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 f- I want to be in this club. I'm, I'm, I'm guilt. I feel guilty. I'm ashamed of things I've been doing in college. Yep. 
and um, want to I want to live right, you know. So cool. Church celebrates. Mm. Um, you know, they don't come back. <laughs> right. They don't come back. Um, don't see them much anymore. Uh, they show up every once in a while and uh, pray a prayer, probably all over again. Yeah. And, um, you know, later finds out, you know, they murdered someone, right? That that story just took a stark turn. That did. It was a little, whoa. <laughs> they, you know, you or me go and visit them in prison. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I'd be like, what in the world? Like, I don't even believe in God anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I don't even believe in God anymore, and I just, I don't even think he exists. Right? So in a situation like that, we're like, okay, so what's happening here? Mm-hmm. This person completely denying the existence of God. They're, they're, they're operating in very evil forms right now. Like, just killed somebody. Yeah. They're not even denying it. Or if they're dying, dying it, whatever. It's a made-up story. <laughs> But it's pretty real because I could put you names and faces on some of this stuff. <laughs> it might not be murder, but it'd be pretty close. Oh, I got some. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't even believe God exists anymore. You know, are, are they in denial of that? Are they, sa- are they saved? Yeah. Right? According to once saved, always saved. Yeah. You know, and, and what a lot of people would say, and, and, and I've used this phrase, I've heard you use this phrase, well, then they were never saved before. Yeah, I mean... I mean, we could say that. Well... It could be true. It could could be. Could be. Could not be. I, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. So uh, here, here's where we go. I, I just played a couple of scenarios there. There's a lot more. There's your story, whatever your story is. Yes. You know, and where you find yourself today. Um, and I think what we often want is we, we want kind of this clean picture of the beginning or like of the finished thing, which is, yep, saved, done, whatever. And the reality is that there is one, we're finite, and we cannot see into a person's heart. Absolutely. I, I remember because we do communion every week at our church. Um, and we try often to be like, hey, this is for believers. Yeah. You know. Um, but for me, I think that there's some moments in which some people's first act of obedience to God and faith in mm. Jesus Christ, as we preach the gospel, every time we lift up that bread and lift up that cup, the f- that's the first time they're hearing the gospel. I, hundreds of people, that's the first time they're hearing the gospel in that very moment. We've mm. sang a few songs and we, we hold up the table of God, we hold up the Eucharist and they hear the, the message of the gospel. Yes. And we say, this is what it is. Maybe you're a believer in here, maybe you're not, but right now you know that you need Jesus. Yes. You know that you're not good enough on your own and, and you're putting your faith in Jesus when you partake in this. And, and for some people that's the first act of obedience and receiving that. That makes a lot of people uncomfortable. They would rather them get in the altar and pray the prayer go through the membership class mm. than that. I'm being honest because I've had people sit in my office and say, how do you know some of these people are saved? And I, and at my question back, how do you know yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're saved? You know? Um, so anyway, th- there's so many places we could go from here and our brain starts moving, but it's, it's real messy when we start judging mm-hmm. people's salvation is because, you know, and Jesus challenged us, like, judge not, lest you be judged. It's yes. in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. 
um, then that same measure in which you judge will yes. be the measure that comes back to you. So be careful. Be careful. Be careful. Oh. And at the end of the day, it's not my gift that I'm giving someone. It's uh, when I hold up that, I'm not saying, hey, you know, I'm not choosing. And I, I said it once at a table years ago. I said, it's not my party. So I don't get to choose who's on the invite list. Amen. <laughs> you know yes. what I mean? Like, so, you know, Je- Jesus was frustrated. You know, he said, hey, you know, he's telling the, the parable. Go, you know, in the parable. And he said, hey, go out and compel them to come in. He wants people yes. to be invited into the family of God. And, it's, and it's we're not the, the, the gatekeeper on that. It's one of those things, like when we look at church, we, we want people to come to church, but then we want them to be good. Mm. And the point is not for them to come in good. It's for them to come in broken, Mm -hmm. you know? And like, if we are, if we're constantly judging what they're doing, I mean, Judas took communion with Jesus. If Judas can take communion with Jesus, then a non-believer can take communion out of our disgusting little Mm -hmm. wafers and super sour juice. And it's fine. (laughs) Hell isn't like a lightning bolt is not going to come down and strike them dead because they did this. It's an act of getting to know who God is. Mm-hmm. And like you said, in that moment, it could be their their salvation moment. It could be the moment where they're kind of hit in the face with their sin. Yeah. You know, like there is the presence of God in communion. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we get to experience who he is through communion. Yeah. And when we actively participate as a body together in that communion, then the presence of God is stirred and it is it is made manifest among us because mm-hmm. where two or more are gathered there, he is in our midst, you know? And yeah. when we see all these things going on and we, you know, people can't be helped but change when they are in the presence of God. Yeah. And if we don't allow them to have those opportunities because we're too busy judging them, then what, yeah. do, what good is that for the world? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it is the kindness of God that leads us to repentance yes. after all. Um, you know, I think in in that scenario, one one of the big um, scriptures and phrases, or yeah, scriptures that um, you know people who who like to use that phrase, once saved, always saved. We'll, we'll, we'll use John ten. You know, I, I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one's able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. Uh, I and the Father are one. Uh, and in that passage, Jesus is talking about a sheep, and a sheep mm-hmm. will know him. Yes. Um, and he, he's, he's really using this example of the protection of Jesus that, yeah. um, that he cares for you, um, and that you're going to know, you know, when you're his sheep and like yes. when you're walking in obedience and in faith, you're going to know. Um, and, and at times, um, I think in my walk with God, I've had to look myself in the mirror and be like, I say, I believe but God, you got to help my own belief because yes. I don't believe near as much as I preach. I do. Yep. <laughs> you absolutely. Know? And I think we all need to do that. We all need to have those hard looks in the, in the mirror. And, and that's a part of that sanctification process is that ongoing, you know, saving. And that's working out my faith with, or my salvation with fear and trembling. And th- just, but the, the reality that I think doesn't get explored often when we talk about once saved, always saved is James, like James 2 on like faith and works. Yeah. Like they work hand in hand. Jesus says, if you love me, then you will like obey my commands yeah. very simply. And so, 
and, and, and honestly, even in, um, and what's the, what's the other passage? My, my brain, um, is, is not helping me right now. What's the other passage kind of for once saved, always saved, um, um that, that folks often use. Uh, I can't, I can't think of it right now. Um, but anyway, it's, it's, um, it's really taken out of context. Um, oh, nothing, uh, nothing can separate you from the love of yes, God. Yes, there we go. Yeah, yeah. I was like. Romans 8, nothing can separate yes. us from the love of Christ. Of course it is, but that doesn't say anything about salvation. No. It says about his love. Yep. I mean, no one's separated from his love because we all live on this planet and he is here. Yeah. <laughs> and for God so loved the world that yep. he gave his only begotten son. So unless you're a universalist and you mean everybody's saved, God loves you, therefore you're saved. And there's a lot of people who believe that. Yep. So, um, but that's not what scripture teaches. Right. Right. As we talked about, all of sin, Romans 3. Yep. All of sin, falling short of the glory of God, and we need the righteousness of Christ. And we have to recognize our need. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so that James 2 passage is, is super important for us to, um, to, to begin to, to understand um, because he says, like, you know, what good is faith? Right? So I believed at the beginning. Yep. I said yes. I said yes. Mm-hmm. But what James really challenges us to is that, hey, it's what good is it? Verse 14, my brother, if someone says he has faith but does not have works. It's a rhetorical yep. question. Can that faith save him? Mm-hmm. Well, well, I mean, he, he, right? I mean, yep. he, so he, he asks us a question because not because he wants to redefine what salvation is. He's not trying to undo justification. I don't think he's in rebuttal to Paul. He's helping us understand yes. the depth of what salvation means. What faith actually means is if I say I love my wife and I beat my wife, do I really love her? I'm if I say I love Jesus... And, and Jesus tells me, hey, if you love me, you're going to keep my commands. Mm. And I don't keep his commands. Do I really love Jesus? Right. Right? So it, it's this tension back to our heart in which we, we've been saved, justified. But if that's real and, and it takes that looking in the mirror, then I, I'm going to have to like really work and with fear and trembling work this out. And so that like, hey, I say I believe this, but... I'm also having trouble, like he goes on, verse 15, if a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace and be warmed and filled without giving them the things that's needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself that does not have works is dead, that that they're working hand in hand. Um, and so I think the same is true for someone who has, has prayed a little prayer and like, that's awesome. That's awesome. But um, there is an ongoing work of salvation in your life, and it's not just that moment. It, it is a, an ongoing thing. And when we look from the outside, we judge where they're at in the process. When they're running from God, when they don't have understanding, when they, they're not connected in the body of Christ, and oftentimes we judge them instead of saying, hey, if this is real, because yes. I watched you be baptized, and that is a community confession, which means hold me accountable, draw me back in, remind yes. me of who mm-hmm. I am. Amen. So it changes and it postures our heart in such a different way. Like we just need to hear Jesus, don't judge, but be involved. Like, so it moves me out of judge and jury and executioner and yeah. it moves me into a brother and sister who 
actually does have a responsibility, but my responsibility is not to be the gatekeeper at the altar or at the church doors or at the serve right. team, yes. but it's to be the one who goes out and, and loves you and encourages you and builds you up and calls you into your place in Christ. If you truly meant that, then I believe you'll, you'll walk into that. Yes. And I'm not going to judge that, uh, you know, where you're at in that process, but I'm going to continually encourage you, um, and call you into the truth of God's word, Absolutely. you know, um, which means works are going to come with it. You know, there's going to be fruit in your life. You know, yeah. there, there's going to be fruit that follows that um, eventually yeah. and including some pruning, you know, before that, pr- that before that fruit. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a it's such a hard thing to wrap our brains around. I think it's one of those things where we're like, OK, I feel like I need to know this and know it well. And the reality is, is you don't need to know anything other than. God's working on you mm-hmm. and he's working on the next guy and he's and well, we're in this together. I think in, in our lives, it, I want anybody who's listening to this, who's like, Oh my gosh, am I really saved? Cause I'm not, I'm not living this out to the fullest extent. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not, Hey, you're saved, but you were in this ongoing yes. sanctification process. I'm still being saved. God is still teaching me, still growing me. Faith is still growing in my life. And so, um, if, if you've been saved, you've been justified, you put your faith in him, take a deep breath. Like you're, Yeah, as someone who has prayed the sinner's prayer like probably a thousand times mm-hmm. in my life, mm-hmm. God the whole time, you know, as, as I've gotten older, he's, he's always said to me, you know, you can do this as many times as you need to because I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm never, un, I'm never not okay with you repenting and with you um, coming to me about these things. And I will reassure you every time because that's the type of God I am. But you don't have to. It is you mm-hmm. are saved because the fact that you're even coming in prayer for this tells me that you have a heart to be saved, that has a, you have a heart that actually longs for God, even in the midst of your running, even in the midst of the struggle, even in the midst of the sin. Like if your heart is, God, am I really saved? I can almost guarantee you you're saved because you don't have a heart that longs for that without him longing for it in mm. you. Mm. You know what I mean? And so I would put that aside and begin to say, okay, God, shape me, make me new because I'm praying the wrong prayer at this point, Mm. you know, like that's the thing is when the enemy is, it puts doubt into our minds, you know, our, our natural self puts doubt into our mind and the world and our culture puts doubt into our mind. And we often run to, Oh, well, I must've been wrong where God's saying, no, you weren't wrong. (laughs) You're praying the wrong prayers now. Mm -hmm. I often tell people, you know, our faith is, is fluid. It continues to move. It doesn't stop. So if we're feeding our faith, it grows. If we're cultivating relationship with God, it grows. But if we are inactive and we aren't doing anything, it, it depreciates, you know, it starts to dwindle and without pouring into that relationship, it becomes stagnant and it becomes to like grow, you know, bacteria and things like we see in stagnant water. Mm -hmm. And, and the enemy gets to use that as a way to poison us and poison that relationship Mm -hmm. because we haven't allowed him to move the waters. We haven't, we haven't given him the opportunity to move in us. And when Mm. we do that, doubt is the easiest way for the enemy to really begin to attack us and do a work in us that 
he was never meant to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, that's good. So we, we, we've got to learn to rest in yes. the truth of who he's called us to be. And and nothing brings us greater, you know. And, and I think oftentimes it gets revealed that we've got way more workspace theology than what we realize. Oh, absolutely. Because we begin to lose confidence when we're not doing very well. Absolutely. At obeying him, right? And so... I, I think we just we need to just rest and know. Yep. Um, when when he saves us, when we put our faith in him, right? Um, uh, my bad day today, my bad you know moment today, yeah. doesn't unwind all that stuff. No. You know, you know how weak is the cross of Jesus if it's that easy to unwind? Mm-hmm. You know, furthermore, if uh, or on the other hand, if I'm I've completely walked away from God and I'm running from God. I'm in complete rebellion and denying the reality of what Jesus has done on the cross. Are we still going to think that person's saved? Completely denial of what he's done. Can they be saved? Of course. Are they saved? If they're in complete denial of what Jesus did on the cross? I don't know. Like for, for me, for me, no, they're not. They're in complete denial of what Jesus did on the cross. And can I judge that though? No. I mean, I can judge if someone says it out of their mouth yeah. like that. And oftentimes Absolutely. I want to judge it by what I see. And so we just, I, I think that scripture I read er, earlier about um, uh, Romans twelve three, hey, like with sober judgment of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, sober judgment of ourselves. You know what Jesus said, judge not lest you be judged. Just remember yes. like Romans 12, 1, actually in view of God's mercy, like let's, view all of our life out of that lens amen you know and everybody else too so we're gonna stop there (laughs) probably enough for today probably enough 45 minutes in probably yes yeah about that yeah maybe a little longer okay (laughs) but that's okay um we're glad that you stuck it out with us today we know that this is a little bit heavier but we believe that yeah we believe that this is good for each of us to wade through and to talk through. And we hope that this helped and this actually brought more clarity. Um, of course, if it didn't, you can always email me. <laughs> it's J-A-C-I at fathomchurchjax.com. Um, but if you have any questions or if there's something more that you wanted that you felt like you wanted answered from this, please reach out. We are here to talk and to discuss because that is how we get better. So we hope that today brought you some clarity. Um, We love you guys, and we're so thankful that you listened. And we will talk to you next week.